Good morning, Delaware. Happy Labor Day weekend. I hope you've got great plans. I hope they involve things indoors if the uh, weather bug forecast is accurate. Yeah, uh, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. We're planning a big cookout on Sun- on Monday. I'm not so sure it's going to happen. I forgot it was Labor Day weekend. I was, everybody was like, four-day week next week. I was like, why? why? <laughs> As did I forget. Oh, well, we, you know, it happens. I've, I've been looking forward to Labor Day weekend for at least three or four months. So, so. Anyway, uh, so we have as our guest today, Karen Cowan. Good morning. Good morning. That name should sound familiar because she is the president of the Friends of the Delaware County District Library, and we're so happy to have you here Yay. with us today. Thank you. Good to be here. Great. And, uh, of course, behind the board is the rocket man himself. That's it. Gage, That's it. tell us how you doing, Good Gage. morning, everybody. He's wearing his Artemis One t-shirt and That's everything. It. He is all set to head down to Florida and hope to get big lunch. <laughs> I hope plate. it launches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You already Second made, attempt. Yeah, I was going to say, you already made like one pilgrimage. This is like a pilgrimage. Yes. You said you've been following this since you were how old? Since I was seven years old. And this now particular mission. You're 19. No, and you're a little bit older 22, than that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a couple of years and uh, happy to finally see it get off the ground. Hopefully this weekend. That's amazing. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, it's great to have a, a, a passion like that. So I'm glad you're going to get the chance to go see it. And I <laughs> certainly you. hope it does launch on I know, me too. So, so. All right. So. On to the show. On to the show. So, Nicole, you have a book in front of you that looks kind of interesting. Oh, I'm so excited about this. The book that I'm talking about today is called Creepy Crayon. It's and not Harold in the Purple, is it? It is not Harold in the Purple Crayon. It is <laughs> Jasper Rabbit and the Purple Crayon. Um, uh-huh. This is the return of Aaron Reynolds and Peter Brown in their third book of the Jasper Rabbit series. Um, you may be familiar with the first book, which was Creepy Carrots. Uh, the second book was Creepy Pair of Underwear. Ew. And now we're Ew. back with Creepy Crayon. Um, this is such a fun series. My, I read it to my four-year-old and my seven-year-old last night, and they both were highly entertained by it. Um, it is like a horror novel for little kids (laughs) because it has just the right amount of suspense it's written in like well it's colored in basically noir colors so black whites and grays and then they have like the pop of color with the bad thing that you're supposed to be paying attention to Ah. which in this case is the purple creepy crayon uh with the carrots of course it's the pop of orange and with the underwear it's a pop of a creepy creepy green (laughs) but in this particular story with Jasper Rabbit, he's at school, and he's not doing very well at school, so it's a very good back-to-school story. And out of nowhere, this purple creepy crayon appears. Maybe it finds him, maybe he finds it, we'll never know. And he picks it up, and it's purple, pointy, and perfect. And he starts using the crayon uh, during some of his tests, and as he uses them during his tests, all of a sudden, all of his answers are correct. Whoa. Oh, no. I want one of those crayons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but just like with anything in a, um, you know, a horror novel or things like that, too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. A bad thing. So <laughs> he goes to do his math homework, and um, the crayon actually kind of tells him, you don't need to do homework. You have me. 
And then he takes the test. And, of course, he gets a perfect A+. And then he seems to have the crayon has a weird connection with Jasper, continually showing up every time that Jasper doesn't want him to show up. Jasper's even really proud of his art project that he's been working on because he has been dedicated and working on that. And so he tries to ignore the crayon, but the crayon tells him, don't ignore me. And he wakes up the next morning to a beautiful picture, but it's not his. And so then he continues, you know, he wins the best picture. He gets the most improved rabbit. He tries to keep getting rid of the crayon, but it keeps coming back. And then when the school has finally had an assembly for Jasper because he's just such a wonderful rabbit, he's feeling, I guess you could say, an imposter syndrome. Uh, Uh, And so he breaks the crayon, he melts the crayon, and he throws it in the trash. But what happens the next morning? Uh-oh. It's back. The <laughs> book is so much fun. Also, there are cameos from That's Your Creepy Pair of Underwear. Ah, okay. <laughs> they always throw in a cameo from one of the past books. He leaves school. He goes past the McCracker or Kraken Hoppin' Field where he, uh, where he had the carrots that scared him in the first book. Um, he finally flushes the crayon down the toilet and um, he thinks it's gone forever and he's celebrating he's running home from school he's now getting C's on all of his papers which is fine because he has earned those C's and he's feeling like himself all over again Um, and the crayon floats out into the ocean only until Elliot Pelican finds it. (laughs) So I don't know if Elliot Pelican is maybe going to be a new one in the series, if we'll see Creepy Crayon again, or if it's just, you know, a fun little little tease at the end of any good horror novel. Um, But I think it's funny because at the end credits... um, Aaron Reynolds, who wrote the words, uh, wrote dedicated the book to Rod Serling, Vincent Price, and Roald Dahl, the masters of creepy and funny. <laughs> and uh, Joyce just texted me saying the purple crayon sounds like talking Tina from the Twilight Zone. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there so we I think go. He, the crayon's probably not threatening to kill the rabbit. I mean, the crayon definitely doesn't want the rabbit to get rid of him. Yeah, so, right. yeah. <laughs> Tina didn't want to go either. Or else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Wasn't it, there a Christine Carr? Yeah, and... that's right. That's Stephen King. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, uh-huh. yeah. Did away I, with things. I loved Roald Dahl as a kid, and he did master, like, creepy, scary, funny, weird, like, all in one. And so this is, this is a really great introduction um, for... Kids like me. (laughs) 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 Creepy Crayon by Aaron Reynolds and Peter Brown. Sounds great. So, Kara, what you've been reading? Um, I started reading Eric Larson's Lusitania. Oh yeah, but I haven't gotten enough into that. So I think I reviewed that on here a couple of years ago. That's a great book. That's a great book. I love all of his stuff. Like it follows that trip every minute with people. Yes, with real honest and goodness people. Yes. So. I did decide to talk about a book I had read, which I thought might be a good idea. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. (laughs) It's called The Things We Cannot Say by Kelly Rimmer. And the novel's told in kind of a split perspective. One is now um, by Alice, who is a mother with two children, um, a seven-year-old who's on the autistic autistic spectrum, and a 10-year-old girl who is way off the charts in intelligence. And then she has a husband who is... A very good career person, but not very much help at home. Um, and then the other character is Alina, who is Alice's grandmother. And Alina is from Poland. And Alina has been over here for several years. And Alina is in the hospital. She's fading fast. She's like 90 years old. And she tells asks Alice if Alice will go to Poland and find Tomas. 
And Alice is like, I can't go to Poland. I've got these kids. She's got this um, um, thing for um, her her son where he has a schedule that he has to keep. Because if he goes off Mm -hmm. the schedule, he gets all, like, wired and stuff. And so... um, her husband is not involved in this. Her husband kind of watches from the back, and, and she's like, he has to do this at this time, mm. and he can only eat Gogurt that has a certain label on it, yep. and he <laughs> eats some kind of canned soup, and he can't eat anything else. And the husband's back there saying, you know, this kid needs to be able to get out of this pattern a little bit. And she's like, no, 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 he has to do this, do this. So her life is really dedicated to making sure that her son is good and comfortable and stuff. Mm-hmm. However, Grandma says, and when Grandma says something, we all know <laughs> Grandma gets what she wants. Um, and Grandma says, please find Tomas. Um, Grandma can't talk, so she's got one of these um, iPads that talk. And she keeps saying and pushing it, please find Tomas, please find Tomas. So Alice goes back over to, Alice does. She leaves husband with kids with a little trepidation, goes back to Poland, <laughs> and starts looking to find Tomas. Now, she thinks Tomas is her grandfather, because Tomas was her grandfather's name that she knew. Mm-hmm. And Tomas has been gone. He's, he died several years ago. So she's like, I don't know what I'm on. What kind of a, what am I looking for here? Um, so the story alternates between Alice, or Elena and Alice. Um, Elena's story talks about the conditions in Poland right at the beginning of World War II, mm. um, where people were be, being put in concentration camps. And she's a 15-year-old that goes from, this normal family with two brothers at the beginning of the year to the end of the year, she's the only one left in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of that, talking about that thing, and then interspersed with Alice and her husband, Wade, and what kind of problems Wade has now that Alice is in Poland and Wade's <laughs> left with these two kids and stuff. Um, and then at the end, there's a, just a real twist and turn to the plot that you would never know. And I'm not going to give it. So That's people good. can read it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it shows how people have, the early people at World War II were, were like seduced by Nazis. Things are going to be fine. We're just going to do this. We're just going to do this. And mm-hmm. then they found out what was going on. And it also really gives a pretty good look at life with an autistic child and how that happens. And um, some of the trials and tribulations that go on in family life and how it affects the entire family. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty good read. Um like I said, it's very unpredictable. Uh, it's um, Kelly Rimmer, The Things We Cannot Say. She's written about six different books, a lot of them written in this World War II time period. Hmm. But most of them are dealing with females and issues and angst and all that kind of stuff. So That great. sounds great. Sounds good. Get, and give the title and author again, please. Things We Cannot Say by Kelly Rimmer. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. So I'm finally going to talk about a book I've been talking that I'm going to be talking about for the last three weeks. <laughs> and he's going to talk about it. And yes. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> The man who made hockey puck a noun uh, for people instead of just for sports, <laughs> Don Rickles. This is a, a, a book that we just got some new uh, advanced readers copies from a new publisher. This one is from, uh, it's a Citadel Press, and this new book, and it's only the first biography that I can find. Uh, Don Rickles wrote his autobiography uh, about uh, 15 years ago. But this one is the first uh, outside biography. This is Don Rickles, The Merchant of Venom. Uh, by Michael Seth Starr. Michael Seth Starr has written a number of uh, biographies of pop culture figures, including William Shatner, uh, Red Fox, uh, Art Carney. So he knows his he knows his turf. Uh, Don Rickles is a it's an interesting character. He's a definitely a person of his times. 
He could not make it today, I don't think. Mm-hmm. His, no. his brand of mm-hmm. humor just would not make it today. He started as he wanted to be an actor. He went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Uh, he was in school with people like Jason Robards Jr. Uh, and, and some of the, the, the great actors of the early part of the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Couldn't couldn't get arrested uh, as far as it being an actor and sort of backed into doing a nightclub routine. And he would sing, he would dance, he would tell a few jokes. And then he started getting harassed by the audience. And he started giving it back in force and right. found out that that was what worked. But all his life, what he really wanted to do was act. And so he, he, was, uh, he, uh, he was in a number of movies uh, in, over the years. Um, none really huge, big hits or anything like that. But he was able to, uh, to, to do a few, a few interesting movie roles. Bombed out on television. He had a number of series. The longest running one he had was called CPO Sharky, where he played a chief petty officer in the in the Navy. Uh, he was somebody who'd been a World War II uh, petty officer, was out of the service for a while, and then comes back, reenlists, and uh, he's abrasive character and finds out his commanding officer is a woman and just drives him crazy. Uh, so anyway, so he has this nightclub. He becomes one of the highest paid nightclub entertainers in the country. He's a regular on Johnny Carson. He guest hosts for Johnny Carson. Sometimes he's on all of the talk shows. And then as he, you know, it starts to get old. Uh, he's just, his insults are not, they're, I mean, today they'd be considered racist, homophobic, misogynistic. <laughs> um, yeah, just, and then he would always end it with, uh, with his call for brotherhood, which was kind of like, yeah. So... When, so his his nightclub career starts to fade, and all of a sudden they tap him to be the voice of Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story One, <laughs> his biggest movie ever. He made a fortune by being Mr. Potato Head. He did uh, Toy Stories One, Two, and Three. Uh, he was doing voiceovers for the Disney parks. He was doing commercials. He was doing all this stuff. When he died, as Toy Story Four was going into production. And his family asked the director, can you piece together stuff you didn't use from the other movies and from his nightclub act and everything to do his part for Toy Story 4 so he can still be included? And the director went out, found enough material. They created his part after he died. I need to rewatch Toy Story Story 4. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's amazing. So anyway... He uh, he had a, a very long happy marriage. He was he didn't get married till he was almost forty, but it, he was only married once. Uh, he he did lose a, a son, uh, which really really decimated him. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, when he he was in his seventies, his son I think was in his forties when he died, oh. mm-hmm. um, and so uh, that really really hurt. I mean, he didn't do as much of anything, but the movie kind of rejuvenated rejuvenated him. So anyway, it's a good book. It's a, it's not terrifically well written. Uh, it's it's more it reads more like journalism than than a whole long book. But it's it's not it's you know like I said, I like uh, books about show business, and I didn't know much about the nightclub world. I didn't realize how uh, mob infested the nightclub world oh, was in the forties, yeah. fifties, and early sixties. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Not just Vegas either, and not just Atlantic City, mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's an interesting uh, look on it at it too. So anyway, it's called Don Rickles, The Merchant of Venom by Michael Seth Stark. It will not be published until November. So this is a this is a really early look at this book. But 
by then I won't be on the show, so Aww, I can't review it then. <laughs> I only do this so people go all like that. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the great things that the Friends of the Library have coming up this fall. So stay tuned. And you're listening to Off the Shelf, sponsored by the Friends at the Delaware County District Library on My 96.7. So take a victory lap, Karen Cowan, yes. president of the Friends yes. of the Delaware County District yes. Library. Yes. <laughs> yes. Doing, does such great work for the library. We really do appreciate you, your board, your auxiliary board, and all your volunteers. It's just a, a great organization. Are you still holding the We Are the Champion? I'm trying. Uh, you know, I mean, that was 2018. How long does it last? Five years. Oh. <laughs> you got a yeah, window. Basically yeah. until your term is yes. over. I have the librarians singing as I walk into the library. Right. We are <laughs> the yeah, champions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got to okay. cut out. There yeah. you go. That's copyright right there. Right. Okay. So um, what are the friends up to? I know what's coming up next Saturday because I'm working at it. Yes, yes, yes. We're having the last book sale at Orange. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, so she says. But, you know, it's like the creepy crayon. Like it's yeah, just... mine keep popping <laughs> <laughs> It'll keep popping back up at Orange. I don't know that we're going to have signs that says everything must go. But pretty much everything must go because we will be at the new Liberty Library Soon. In the spring. <laughs> good. For book sales. Good. 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 For book sales. Yes, yes, yes for the spring. Um, we're also going to be at the Powell Street Market um, on September 18th. Come talk to us. We're not selling anything. We're just talking about the new library and talking about the um, other library branches besides the new library and what good things the library is doing. So we'll have a lot of Nicole's brochures to hand out <laughs> about what's going on. And um, so just come talk to us because... Like I said, we're not selling anything, so it's going to be kind of cool. And we've got a return of an old favorite. The Young Writers Workshop. Um, I hate to, as much as I, I, I love that, I don't want to say it too loud because we've already had people trying to register for it, and registration is not even open online yet. <laughs> I mean, How are they registering? They're not. They're bribing. It's under the table. No. <laughs> They're pulling it all back from the first part of the show, talking about that mob stuff. That's right. I got to know. I from Jenny saying this lady tried to go into your website, tried to register. She couldn't. She didn't get anything. And I wrote back and said, because it's not open yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so good. It's that, working. Yes, that, that absolutely sells out. And it is just one of the best things I think that we do. And we've had kids come back to that for five and six and seven times. They sit down. They have their story that they know they're going to write. And they get to it. And it's like, whoa. And I, the cool part, I think, is that they get put into the library so people can come and look at what they started when they were five and finished when they were 10. I just think that is so cool. So it is absolutely a wonderful program. Yes. Yes. Great way for kids to get introduced to literature by making their own. Mm -hmm. And I think we're uh, middle school writers is going to be in there somewhere. I don't know that we've got a date for it yet, but I think we're going to do a middle school writers workshop and that's going to be graphic novels. That'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We did that in, the spring, I think. Yeah. And, or mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, had some good good results with it. So we don't want to leave those kids out. I don't want to get away from the book sale yeah. for a second because I want to say thanks to Brad, your husband, <laughs> who's been on the board of the Friends for a long time and has been running the book sales for at least as long, I think as long as I've yeah, been the he's, library yeah, director. Yeah, he's been doing it a long time. He's, and he's about to hand over the reins to some new people. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to congratulate and thank him because I know it is a huge undertaking. Uh, 
and to do as many as he's done and raise as much money as he has and figured out ways to get rid of the books that don't sell yeah. without putting them in the landfill is just amazing. So yeah. I just you. a I tip of the hat to Brad Cowan for him. his great work on the book sales. I will tell him. And, and the, the cool thing, I mean, is that, um, as you know, George, he keeps saying continuous improvement. We need continuous uh-huh. improvement. But he's done that with that book sale. Yes. From having books on this, you know, we took them out of the boxes. We put them on the tables. They'd fall off the tables <laughs> to keeping them in the boxes to now having shelving where what took us two days to set up for and a whole lot of people now can be done with a, a much smaller group of people with a lot mm-hmm. less effort because we aren't getting any younger. Um, <laughs> and and the way he's got the new library um, friends room set up, it's going to be the same thing. So we could have book sales um, almost every month. We could do it all the time if we wanted, if we had the people, because the way it, the way it's set up. So I will tell him sure. that you said that. I'm going to pick up on that. If we had the people, people can volunteer for the friends, yes, can't they? Absolutely, absolutely. Just go to www.delawarelibraryfriends.org, and there's a thing on there that says I want to volunteer. And we always need volunteers for book sorting, for book sales, for young writers workshop, and for other things. We have author visits. We need people in that uh, committee. And if you have an idea that you think we should do, come join us. Mm-hmm. You might get put in charge of it Absolutely. <laughs> you, you, be careful thank you you put that nicely i was going to say stuck with it, but put in charge with it no 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 way. now you get to own it yes yes but but we're always looking for people to do that kind of stuff so please well, come to us and you're not going to meet a nicer group of people right friends of the library board and auxiliary board those folks are just wonderful to work with we um we try they're fun too yeah we just try fun. we try a little on the crazy side which is uh, in a positive sort of way yeah, sometimes. <laughs> well, no, it's a good group. I wanted to say one of the reasons, Karen, that we wanted to have you on is, as, as I've kind of mentioned, we're in George's like greatest hits of his you know, <laughs> guests on Off the Shelf. And so, um, Karen, you were asking on when we saw each other on Tuesday, you know, do, what do I need to prepare? And I was like, a greatest hits memory for George. And you said, well, I wrote a poem. Oh my. <laughs> and so I want to give you ready? yes, I want to give you the time so that you can read us this your poem. This is called Ode to George. <laughs> there is a library director we know who was two-time champ on the Jeopardy show. He likes books, the blue jackets and wild crazy socks and he's definitely a guy who thinks out of the box. Mm-hmm. He's our mentor, our leader who gives sage advice. But when technology doesn't work for him, it's really not nice. <laughs> he gives us his time. He works our events. What he's done for us can't be bought with dollars or cents. No. But then he said it's time to retire to spend time with Joyce. We said don't retire, but he gave us no choice. <laughs> George, we will miss you. Warm wishes we send. We hope you know you'll always be our number one friend. Oh, Karen. <laughs> going to have this we're going to have this frame for you. <laughs> uh, wow thank you <laughs> so i did this i wrote this thing up and then my computer said oh i don't like you and it erased a whole bunch of stuff oh, so no. i had to redo it yesterday so you're getting a new poem not the one i wrote before oh my gosh oh my god oh. Um, <laughs> you know we love you and and now that you're going to be in that realm of retirement, 
You can volunteer with us more frequently. Yay! <laughs> you knew it was coming. Yeah. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. We can put you in charge. <laughs> you, you don't want me in charge. I, I'm, I'm done being in charge. <laughs> Before we get off the air here, we've got uh, story time starting again next week. So yep. I should say we should say something about that, shouldn't we? They're coming back, um, all except for Delaware, right? I think Delaware's, Delaware's delayed. Delaware's not starting until the 19th. The 19th yeah, yeah. Because of the uh, work that's going on in front of the building. Yep. So everyone else is coming back. That's uh, so story times. Woo woo. We've got the end of life series um, is kicking back up again on the 7th um, with our friend Jackie Mann. You can register for space for that. Um, we've got some pop up uh, makerspace studio things happening. We've got, of course, the bargain book sale. So check out the calendar. DelawareLibrary.org yes. events. Definitely. So. Karen, again, thank you so much for everything you, you and the friends have done for the library and for me personally over the years. And thank you for the poem. <laughs> that was really sweet. Thank you. Nicole, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And Gage, hope you have a great trip. And I hope our I hope that one rocket takes off. Takes off. I know. We'll right see. the window. And uh, so we will see you in the stacks.